In the future, the Earth is ravaged by a war between the religious and secular world. Forced underground, the Hawks, people of religious conviction, plot and plan their revenge. But the supercomputer who controls the world, Mother, has a paramilitary force at her command to hunt them down and destroy them. They are the Faith Seekers. Now, you tried to do the worst possible thing that can be done to a man, to take away his faith. Now it's my turn. I'm going to take away something of yours. I have the Lord on my side. Mother does not know where you are. I understand. It's a horrible, horrible thing. But the children must be killed. I am Mother. She wants you to sacrifice yourself for her. Mother knows where I am. They'll be here soon. They've no idea where you are. The cleansing has been a complete success. Faith seekers are tanks. They are relentless and will never stop until they have destroyed all those who believe in a god. Hmm. I'm going to have to take a little look in a minute. See what the heart of an unbeliever looks like. I wonder, what colour will it be? Black, I expect. Faith Seekers by Greg James. Available now on Amazon and Lulu, paperback or ebook. Download it now. Welcome to Doctor Who on Target. The podcast where we discuss the target range of classic Doctor Who novelizations from the 1970s and 80s. Those long ago days where, if you missed Doctor Who on TV, you missed it forever. Unless, of course, you bought the Target novelisation. So, join us, jump aboard the TARDIS, set the time rotor for late 20th century Earth, and, with a wheezing, groaning sound, we'll discuss Doctor Who on Target. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Doctor Who on Target where we give our instant reaction to the new Doctor, the 13th Doctor, no less. Something we thought we would never see. And this is Greg in Swansea and... This is David in Penzance. That's somewhere different, David. Yes, yes, I get around, it's true. So... David, tell me, did you manage to um, see the announcement which was given on Sunday? Do you know, 
To my shame, I didn't see it. Oh, no. Have you managed no, to see it yet? The first I learned... Yes, I've seen it now. Right. I've seen the trailer now, but I didn't see it during the tennis at all or after the tennis at all. In fact, my first inkling that the white smoke had appeared from the TARDIS and the new Doctor had been elected was your text, oh. which I received when I was in a place called Hale in Cornwall. Right. Driving driving aimlessly in the car. So oh, I thought, hang on, I better go and Google for this because obviously there's a new doctor. Wow. And so, then I saw the news. Gosh. So instead of being the, I love I love your description, that, that's how it should be done, David, shouldn't it? The white smoke coming from the roof of the TARDIS. That would be fabulous. From the TARDIS, yes. Yeah, that would yes, be great. Yes, that's how you elect a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be well. So I, I sprung that on you, David. So what was your, you what was your reaction when you saw that? Well, I... Do you know what? Do you know what? It, I was surprised how how little it shocked me. Ah. Because I was expecting a female doctor. And, do you know, in my heart of hearts, I was also half expecting there to be a cross... Um, what would you say? You, you know Chris Chibnall does Broadchurch? Yes. Well, we've come to a point now where the Broadchurch stroke Doctor Who cast are almost interchangeable. So I was almost expecting somebody with either a broad church link or a strong Chris Chibnall link. You know, you've got, you know, in broad church, you've got David Tennant, David Bradley, Arthur Darville. Yes. And I'm sure there are others as well that are escaping me. Strong links between, uh, Eve Miles was in it. Oh. um, Some other folks. So the fact that he's cast somebody from broad church doesn't surprise me at all. It's, the yeah. actress Jodie Whittaker, who played the mother in Broadchurch, the Broadchurch, I don't know if you've seen it at all, no. was about a small community in Dorset within which there is a murder. Right. And it's she plays the mother of the child that's murdered. Ah, oh, right, right. Danny Latimer, he was called. Oh. And they spent the entire first series finding out who the killer was. They spent the entire second series putting that killer on trial. And I'm afraid I haven't watched the third series, so I'm behind. But this lady, Jodie Whittaker, is the mother in that Chris Chibnall-written drama on ITV. That's how I know of her. Right. Well, you're far better prepped than than I was, David, because I honestly was not expecting a woman. And um, um, yeah, yeah, I genuinely was not. And I think it's interesting to think, you know, the the idea of a woman doctor was started as a joke, wasn't it? By yes, top by Tom oh. Baker, wasn't it? Yes, different times though, different times. Yes, yes. But yes, it was it was a bit of mischief, wasn't it? Rather than yeah. a serious what would you call it, idea or or intention? Well, it was I, just a bit of teasing. Yes, it was just Tom, as you say, the right word as you use, is, is mischief, isn't it? Just to... He mischief. Was, yeah, that's it. And that's all it started off was. And ever since then, every time there's been a new Doctor coming up, it's come back and come back. But it's never happened. And I fully never expected it to happen, to be perfectly really? honest. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, 
I expected, um, you know, maybe, um, I, well, I, you know, I, maybe someone like David Howard or, um, you know, I expected perhaps something different, but I thought, right. would, would it work? But I have to say, I watched it with um, my wife, who was a huge tennis fan, and of course it was the Wimbledon final, so... Um, we watched that, and of course, I was waiting for it to happen. And when the the trailer came on, and I thought, "Well, it's a slim man." It's uh, and then I thought, "Hold on, is that is that is that is that a woman's legs?" Because as soon as I saw that, I thought, "That doesn't look." Uh, and when, of course, it cut to the to the eye, and you instantly saw it was mm. a woman. And then the part where she pulled the 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 Capaldi like hood back over the cowl, yes. the cowl yeah. yes yeah i was genuinely shocked genuinely really yeah i i don't know her I'd, i've never heard of jodie whittaker i know nothing right. about her um and and that was it i was genuinely shocked but i will say she really looked like she could inhabit the part there just from that right. small thing what, what what did you see now you've seen it what do you feel well, I, I have seen the trailer, yes. And I know that reaction has been quite mixed to this, but I think we need to get a bit of perspective on this one. It's a television programme. Mm. And you, you, every doctor, every casting of every doctor, I'm sure more often than not, there's always been an aversion to change mm. on the part of fans. Now, of course, this has galvanised those feelings even more strongly this time yes. because it seems to be a fundamental change. Mm. But all I would say to that is, yes, it's, it's an experiment. It's a bold casting decision. Doctor Who, perhaps, we're seeing the ratings, or at least the overnight ratings, slip away, aren't we? Yes, yes. It needs to try something. It needs to perhaps find a new audience mm. rather than the traditional audience because I can see how this decision would perhaps alienate the more traditional classic Who audience. Yes. Yeah. I can see that. I th But I think fandoms makeup has fundamentally changed yes and i think one of the things that have changed it were the casting of the younger male doctors yes and obviously there's a sort of um a teen through to young lady type fan new fan base whereas in my day it was all male yeah and perhaps the occasional female fan yeah but i think I think there's been a shift and I think that this decision has been made purposefully to perhaps seek out a new fan base. But um, I don't know any of this, obviously, but it seems to me to have the potential to broaden the show's appeal. Yes. And also, actually, amongst male viewers as well, it's, I mean, I don't want to be totally sexist about this or anything of the sort, but John Nathan Turner, God rest his soul, he used to say, or was it him who used to say, 
one for the dads, didn't he? He, he did. He had to have one for the dads. He did, yes. Well, it, it now seems that the one for the dads, if you want to look at it crudely, yeah. is the lead character. <laughs> well, that's right, yes, yeah. I mean, that because was... She's, uh, she's she's a very pretty young lady, but also, and I don't wish, wish to treat, but also clearly a very talented performer who's got this role on merit. Yes. She must have done a stonkingly good screen test for it or must have been born in mind for this. Well, I'm sure she's going to be fantastic. Yes, yes. I, I, I've got, um, I mean, certainly the... Uh, the women that I've talked to um, tend to be very, very enthusiastic about it. Um, mm. uh, they feel, and, there, and there's a there's a um, a little sort of video of a young girl watching the unveiling of Jodie Whittaker going around Twitter, isn't it? Where she's clearly delighted that the new Doctor. I think she says something like, "She's a girl like me," or something like that, which is a right. a, a wonderful thing because. Um, it's astonishing, you know, I think if we look back, you know, we've all seen these, you know, the programmes that we would have loved and still do love, I expect, you know, from the 70s and maybe the 80s. And mm. the the attitudes which are inherent in there, I mean, I know people say politically correct, but goodness, you know, you would never have had women in uh, heroic roles like that in the right. 70s because... Uh, Right. It, it just wasn't acceptable, was it? Now, there is one thing that I am worried about, but I'm sure you could just kind of brush this aside, which is there is this um, sort of a, a feeling amongst maybe Hollywood types or so forth that female leads um, don't work. I, what I mean by right. that is, for example, whenever they put females in what would have been seen traditionally, if you like, as a male role, it sort of, it doesn't work. Um, something like what happened with the Ghostbusters film, maybe, right. last year. Um, yes, no, I understand that the the Ghostbusters film didn't meet with any critical acclaim or indeed commercial success. Hmm. But what I, what I would say there is some of the biggest films coming from Hollywood at the moment have got female leads. And yes. I'm referring, of course, to the new Star Wars yes. movies. Yes, that's fantastic. You've got, you've got a, a female lead in, in, in the main franchise and a female lead in, in the sort of the sub-franchise, the... So, the Rogue One, So yes. there does... Yeah, in Rogue One, but yeah. in... In you've got Ray in um, the Force Awakens, and she's fabulous. I was who's very... going to be the new Luke Skywalker, isn't she? Really, yeah. she's destined. Yeah, I'm not to a... be him. So yeah, Hollywood has has um, shown some faith in in female performers carrying a big budget movie. Do you think the time so... is right now, then, David? Yes. Well, I think. Probably the move towards this has been coming for some considerable time. And I, the other thing that doesn't surprise me was months and months and months and months ago, there was a very prolific, high-profile writer offering to write for Doctor Who, providing that the lead was a woman. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, hang on, this is interesting. Yes. I wonder if that person 
knows something or knew something that I didn't. Right. I don't know. I can't even tell you which writer it is. Yeah, yeah. It was almost made conditional. But I don't know. It's 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 if everybody's going, oh, well, there'll be a female James Bond next or there'll be a female whatever. Yes. But the truth is there won't be because yeah. James Bond is James Bond. He's not a he's not a BBC character. Yeah. He's, you know, he's he's not up for negotiation his his gender's not up for negotiation really but the truth is what if you can't accept a shape-shifting alien it's fantasy the whole idea of this shape-shifting alien from space it's it's so fantastical anyway yes swapping genders doesn't seem to me to make an awful lot of or require an awful lot more imagination on the part of the viewer. Yeah, that's that's a very if, interesting take. If you can if you can accept that there's an alien that goes travelling in a police box, you should also be able to accept that, you know, it it might assume a different gender from 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 time to time. But I think oh oh don't I don't know I'm becoming passionate about this now. <laughs> The whole thing is, what I'm saying is the whole thing is made up anyway. It's not fictionally real. Now, a film like, say, Dunkirk, which possibly you won't have seen because it doesn't come out for a few days, but a film like Dunkirk, I've heard it said loads of times, oh, I hope he doesn't put a love interest in it. I hope he doesn't do this, that and the other. And of course he hasn't. Because the truth it was Dunkirk as a story is an almost all male gig. Yes. It's you there are female characters a long way down the cast list playing nurses who are on the ships yeah. that come to the soldiers up. But it's it you know, so if you were grafting female characters where none existed, I would understand people's resistance. Yes, yeah. But, not in science fiction or a fantasy. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, Dave. Because I'm—I mean, I, I'm a very strong feminist, and um, I remember sort of discovering feminism and studying it when I was doing my literature degree many, many years ago, and being astonished by the the way that um, women have been subjugated throughout history and in society and. Uh, I think it's incredible the progress we made and I really do think it's wonderful to have this female lead, you know, in Doctor Who now. I, I really think it's going to be a fabulous thing and I, w- I have been disappointed with a lot of the reaction in, in fandom. It's been quite mm. split, hasn't it, I think? It's been split. You've had, obviously, uh, people who are trying to piggyback on it for a bit of trolling mm, yeah. like i don't know i don't want to say the words mm. uh, there's there's a there's a particular columnist who who makes money out of being offensive oh, i said dear. oh where is it going to end oh. when you know are we going to have a doctor of this ethnicity yeah. oh it's just pathetic yes i, yeah. I know Theresa may has welcomed the casting which obviously upset me a lot <laughs> me I'd too <laughs> lo- 
you know, I, t- I tell her to wind her neck in. It's none of her business. Good, that is good uh, idea. But, but yes. she has a statement on behalf of the Prime Minister has welcomed it. So, so, so at one point you've got what you think is pr- progress. Yes. And then I think it was the Sun and the Daily Mail the next morning published nude pictures of Jodie Whittaker. Oh, no. And Did they really? So, so you think, well, for all of our seeming progress in society, you cannot train people out of certain behaviours. Oh, it really didn't take very long at all. I mean, she's an actress. Yeah. So yeah. A, a degree of nudity probably comes with the territory now and again. But as, of course, does Kabul- the, as does the human condition. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's, well it, it was just a bit pathetic, really. So, so I thought, ooh... The more things change, the more they stay the same. Was my summation oh, of that. That's that terrible. I, I wasn't aware of that. I think that's absolutely awful. You know, to uh, but of course, some of the the rags that we have in this country, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that they. Uh, but I was, no. do you know, I, I, actually, I was really pleased and surprised. Um, I had to pop into um, W H Smith's the, the mm. Monday morning. And um, mm-hmm. every single newspaper except for yep. one had her on the front cover, didn't they? Front cover, yes. Lead story, yes. Wow. It's big news. Yeah, it really if is. You're, if you're looking to give the show a shot in the arm of publicity, then then it's it's a very positive thing to do to make it newsworthy again. Yeah. I mean, we love Peter Capaldi and we don't want him oh, to go. Oh, no. And we've enjoyed him immensely. Yes. But... The thing you need with a change of a doctor is you need a total contrast mm. between the doctors, and you couldn't get a bigger shift no. than you've got this time. Whereas I always felt that the shift between David Tennant and Matt Smith wasn't seismic enough. Right. It wasn't big enough. It mm. wasn't. I don't know. It, it just didn't seem. It just seemed. It. Let's face it. I'm going to be really controversial here. To have cast Chris Marshall would have been extremely lazy. Yes. Do I, you not think? I was dreading it. I Do you know, I was actually looking to see, please don't let it be Chris Marshall. And not, not nothing particular against him. I, I do very little of his work. I remember him in some comedy sitcom, I think it was, on TV many years ago. I know nothing about his work. But... All I know is from what I have seen of his character, it would have been awfully lazy and dull to have put him in the role of the Doctor, I feel. Right, right. Mm. It just seemed to me it would have been a very lazy choice. It showed very little imagination. Now, he Mm. might have been fantastic, Mm. for all I know, but then what do I know? You have to... you have to have a big contrast. You can't have. You couldn't cast another old man. Yes. Old yeah. or older man, I should say, because Peter Capaldi's not old by a long chalk. No, no. But you, you couldn't really. You need a contrast. You need that. It's like any movement. You need the previous. That you need what the incoming movement to react against the previous one. Yeah, yeah. It, it's quite interesting as well because um, I was listening out for um you know what the reactions were going to be and uh one of the podcasts that i listen to every week a doctor who podcast um 
which is a great, great podcast, you know. And it was interesting that they welcomed the um, idea of um, a female doctor and Jodie Whittaker. And it was the most sedate and dulled podcast I'd ever heard from them. They they clearly were in shock and not quite sure what to say. I thought, where's the praise? Where's the excitement? Where's the, you know, all the things that you've just been saying now, David, about, you know, it's going to, oh no, this is, this is bold. This is imagination at work. This is Mm -hmm. going to be different. This is going to get a different fan base. Mm -hmm. And they weren't doing any of that. They were saying, they they went straight to, um, they went straight to, do you think the next doctor after this summer will be a man? <laughs> I thought. Right. I thought. So, succession planning before the poor actress has even said her first line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I thought you know, and I don't. I don't want to to criticize this podcast. It's a great podcast, and I I love all right. the people on it. You know, but um, but I just thought I've never I've never heard you so muted. This is so strange. You know, and. Well, it's a shock, isn't it, I think? Yeah, it was. I suppose it was a shock, and some people cope with it more materially than others. Some people are perhaps a bit stymied by it. Some people are naturally excited by it. Some people need a little time to adjust. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so they take a bold step. It yeah. works fantastic. It doesn't work. Try something else next time, whenever that might be. I mean, in a way, casting Peter Capaldi was a bold step. Yes, yeah, yeah. To cast an actor that was slightly older, perhaps less marketable, perhaps less telegenic, but I don't say that in any way to denigrate the man at all, because I think he's fantastic. Yes. But it was a it was a departure, but it was a perfect contrast to the super young Matt Smith. Mm. And yes. it took me a long time to accept Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah. A me long, too. long time, simply because he wasn't sufficiently different. Yeah, it took me a long time to. Um, I mean, I I will say now, I think he was a superb doctor, but coming off um, the coattails, if you like, of um, uh, mm. you know of David Tennant, I I agree <laughs> with you. There wasn't that huge change over like that was they there was a completely different style in the storytelling it was much more fairy yeah. tale and and different but it wasn't um a sea change if you like you know and mm. but this is and i'm i'm really excited about i well yeah yes I, there's always going to be criticism of whoever is cast because the, the natural human instinct seems to be to resist change mm. and to rail against change. I mean, even as long ago as 1966, did when we were at the BFI for The Power of the Daleks, didn't they read some of the letters out loud, or did I imagine that? Some of the letters to Radio Times or, or wherever, oh. saying, you, you know, you've taken this wonderful old character and turned him into Coco the Clown. Oh, so yes. This is... Mrs. So and So from Tunbridge Wells you or whatever. Were, you're right, and David. Yeah, with hindsight, that. these huge yeah. overreactions <laughs> are just laughable in the real world. They're just laughable. Yes. I mean, I even got the hump myself on occasion when the doctor was changed, but it wasn't through any 
disrespect of the incoming doctor no. it's just simply i didn't want the doctor to go yes yeah that's true that's true that's interesting yeah very personally on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well can i throw some questions at you david you're gonna you're gonna right. have to bat these off now like the best um uh cricket what they called i don't know i don't know the cricket terms but i'm gonna i'm gonna An throw image. some questions yes i'm gonna throw some questions at you so okay we've got a new female doctor what should her outfit be like well this is interesting isn't it this is i was wondering about this myself are they going to allow this doctor to be feminine in a conventional sense because quite clearly the doctor in the trailer was not overly feminine no no no. nail polish no particularly visible makeup no so i don't know she should should she be i don't know her costume you say yes it should be i wouldn't have thought it would be an awful lot different to a male doctor's costume if i'm honest some sort of suit Mm. Mm. and perhaps they can draw more attention to the fact that there's been a change as people adjust. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. she probably have... I don't know, but she won't be wearing an evening gown, I'll tell you that, because it would be totally impractical They'd never run down a corridor. They'd never do that in Doctor <laughs> Who, would they? You wouldn't see that in... Uh, not even so, the Doctor Who TV movie went that far, did it? So oh, did <laughs> I think when... You know when Romana came out oh. with, a, with that pink parody of Tom Baker's costume? Yes, yeah. I say parody, it wasn't. It was obviously a very well-designed... Yes, it was lovely. Suit. Yes. But it would probably be something along those lines, I would imagine. Mm, that's interesting, because I was quite... Dis- good? Well... I was quite disappointed um, when she said she did a little question and answer session afterwards, um, only in text, you know, not to, um, where it turns out that the clothes she was wearing for that trailer are not her costume. They just what right. she wore for the trailer. So, because I well, rather liked she, it. Right. Well, as long as she doesn't try on a pair of Theresa May's leather trousers, oh. I'll be happy. <laughs> Or her cat skin shoes or whatever they were. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're true. Yeah, as long as yeah. she steers away from Theresa Sheik, that'll be fine by me. <laughs> Next one for you, David. Right. Has the companion now got to be male? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Mm. Has it got to be male? No, it doesn't have to be male. I can see that there would be advantages in making it male to um give the male audience perhaps the younger male audience somebody with whom to identify Mm, it doesn't have to be Mm. i i mean i was going to make this point earlier you see the gender of the doctor wouldn't particularly matter if the doctor had stayed this androgynous character from my childhood good point because because new who's doctor has become more sexualized yes that is what is making it the big issue that it seems to have become so it's quite i don't know it's it would be quite fine for this doctor to have a female companion that that could work or or a male companion there's the only 
limits are, who is available and who can do the best performance. I mean, Tintin and Captain Haddock are friends, aren't they, without there being any sexual subtext in their relationship. <laughs> the youngster that's hanging around with a crusty old sailor. That's very and, true. That's, that's, and, yeah. you know, and we accept that it's in the spirit of friendship. Yes, absolutely. So, so, so if we could just get back to friendly mm. Doctor Who doctor companion relationships and not have this subtext i'd yeah. be very happy that's a very very like good old, yeah i sound like an old prude now <laughs> no not at all dear i think it's a very good point because um, there should be friendship companionship yeah and they should be a good team and that's what we want and they can be male they can be female or they can be a robot dog as long as they're a good team that's what we want yeah, that's a great idea. And actually, as you were saying that about um, the difference now with the sexualized doctor, it took me back to Tom Baker because, of course, um, you know, he embodied that sense of alienness, which is, as, as you've pointed out several times, you know, but people need to understand if they do have a problem with this, is that he is an alien, a shape-shifting alien, somebody who's... And, there's a beautiful line, I think it was in City of Death, where um, the fourth Doctor says to Countess Scarlione, I think, he says, yeah. uh, he says, you're a very attractive woman, probably, because, of course, <laughs> he's because not, he doesn't, yeah. He, he doesn't know, does he? He doesn't, he doesn't see people in those terms. He doesn't assess people as potential mates all the time yes and that gives him a wonderful sense of freedom doesn't it which we can share in yes it does it does Mm. but i I say i'm not saying this whole business of of the doctor becoming in many ways in many ways the sort of the attractions running from the companion to the doctor every time but he sort of has lost that he well no he hasn't lost it he's still the mentor but he's you know edging towards a friend with benefits well he isn't but you know that's the sort of trajectory Mm. it's been climbing and it shouldn't no in my view yeah but probably somebody will listen to that and say you've made that up that's not how i see it at all but it's only my view of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's um, we do have to accept as well that, um, you know, there are many audiences for Doctor Who these days as well. I think you, you pointed mm. out earlier that there appeared to be amongst fandom in, in you know, the 70s and 80s, a, a narrow um sort of yes. uh, field of, 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 you know, it was males, wasn't it, usually, I think? Yes. I uh, don't like to stereotype, but yes, it was predominantly male pastime. Yeah. Doctor Who fandom. Doctor Who fandom was something that needed to be kept in a closet. Yes, yeah. You couldn't... There's a, But then the times have changed, you know. Mm. If you kept it from people, if you like Doctor Who in the classic Who days... It was very hard to come out as a Doctor Who fan. Yes. But yeah. now there's cosplay, there's everything, and people are really involved, and it's wonderful that people, are, the, the next generation, are, are getting such a lot out of it. And you know, it the, will make the program immortal. Well, it is, basically. 
David, that's a wonderful way to finish the podcast, I think. You, you've said that, you know, it is wonderful what's happened. It's wonderful that Doctor Who is being, you know, shared amongst everybody, not just, um, you know, a, a narrow... It's being, mm, it's being reinvigorated, I think. Yes. Uh, that's because, you know, we've seen these. I've seen the reaction of a particularly high-profile fan, and I, I want to call the new um, showrunner, I want to call him Chris Chernobyl because of all the fallout. <laughs> that's... It's been enormous. Oh, that's great. I like that. I do like that. That's very, very witty. <laughs> and on, you let's, know, let's give the poor lady a chance. Let's wait well... and see what she's like. I think, I think I would be very surprised if at least some of the doubters are not won over because ultimately it's Doctor Who and if you claim to love Doctor Who and I think we all claim to love it mm. then you have to give Jodie Whittaker a chance. Absolutely and I think can we both say I think David that Doctor Who and Target would like to extend a huge warm welcome to Jodie Whittaker and we really look forward to reviewing her first series in a, in a year or so I expect. Please tweet us at Doctor Who on Target. That's DR Who on Target. Or email us at Doctor Who on Target at gmail.com. That's the end of this episode, and I would like to thank BBC Audio and Penguin Random House for kindly supplying us with preview copies, and to Smerin's Antisocial Club for the use of their version of the Doctor Who theme tune. The biggest thank you goes to you, our listeners.